uh, Travis Scott to Taylor Swift to the Beatles. Like, come on, let's let's pull it back. Let's pull it back. Let's pull it back. Let's, let's pull it back. And Sean Mendez one in there. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Well, I guess to uh, start the week for everyone. Actually, you know what? I wanted to mention. I finally started the Boys season two, and I highly recommend if you haven't watched, if you don't watch that show, definitely check it out because. Um, I remember I was explaining it to uh, my buddy Ken, or our buddy Ken, rather, and I said, he's like, what's the show about? I was like, ah, it's pretty much like if corporate America, like, owns superheroes. And he was like, okay, so, like, real life. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's exactly what it's like, but it's more exaggerated mm-hmm. version, of course. Um, but going off that, we have some news for the week. Um, up first, Ray Fisher and WB. Man, they are having a rough go of it, huh? Like, could you, could I, I, I feel like I can, I can kind of wrap my head around the situation just a little bit, but even then, I'm still kind of lost on all the details. So, so Ray Fisher denounced Joss Whedon, right? Basically said he's abusive. He's X, Y, and Z. Like he's not good. He's not a good time to make a film with. Same with Jeff Johns, and it actually accused him of some racist conversations that took place on set. Um, mm. Ray Fisher also said that Walter Hamada, who currently just re-upped his contract to be the president of WB for three more years, is like a snake and a liar. And I think, um, I think they had an outside law firm investigate uh, these allegations, and they came back and they said that they weren't they weren't founded pretty much so i want to get everyone's take on that and like i see that fisher has been like it doesn't matter in hollywood how many i mean jerry you can attest to this it doesn't matter how good of friends you are with the director or the writer or an actor in the film like if you don't go if you don't please the producers or the executive producers they will pull you out they will not work with you and unfortunately it seems that it's had the adverse effect on fisher because he has now um been written out of the Flash movie that he was supposed to be in, and Justice League is his final film appearance on WB's slate at all. And if you know anything about Warner Brothers, they are fiercely loyal to their actors, their producers, and their um, and their directors. So, thoughts, open discussion. This is, like, it's a pretty big deal. Like, he accused them of a lot of shitty stuff, and it went nowhere. Like, Jeff Johns was even accused of, like, messaging a 13-year-old, and he's still heading um dc universe Mm. well like i don't really want to weigh into any of like the allegations or anything or like any of that stuff because i like i don't think it's my place to say but as far as the the what wb is going to do just another nail in the coffin start fresh yeah like don't do any more of this current universe start fresh yeah Well, I think mm-hmm. that's what Flashpoint's supposed to be. Well, I keep calling it Flashpoint, but we know it's not a Flashpoint movie. <laughs> or it is. I don't know. Michael Keaton's supposed to be back as Batman, but oh, Ben Affleck, but Ben Affleck is also in that movie as Batman. And they're supposed to do like a whole suit up, like the two of them suit up and fight side by side and go dimension hopping and shit. So I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Um but I get, I totally get your point, Nick. I mean, just look at the Batman coming out. Like that is totally disconnected from the DCEU, and it looks like. Yep. And listen, you guys know how I feel about Joker, but even then, it's separate from the DCEU, and that gives it more legs to stand on. At least I think so. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would hate to see Joss Whedon go down. Um, I'm a fan of his work for sure. I think we all are. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, I could also, I don't know, I don't want to accuse anybody of doing, you know, something egregious, but uh, I could, I mean, it seems like they're all looking out for each other if any of this is true, you know? Yeah, they're yeah. definitely looking out for each other for sure. And you want to know what? I I don't, I don't want to immediately side with one or the other, you know what I mean? Because that same um, firm that they used to review these allegations was also the same firm they, firm they used to review the allegations of the Ellen show, you know? So, Mm. and Mm -hmm. I mean, Ellen's still employed, you know what I mean? So, so they're really good. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they're real. So they're really good at protecting their talent. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, with, with everything that's going on too, like um, what the, the most recent updates from like Ray Fisher, he's like trying to deny that, he's not being cast out or anything like that from any future projects. But the thing is, there was, I thought it blacklist. 
Like, no, well, just, like, right after in right. terms of, like, the Flash and everything like that. But it seems like that they're they're going to totally uh, abandon, like, the cyborg role Dude, altogether. that was his and first just, film. Like, what are you doing? You know what it's I mean? insane. Yeah, and, and I think he's going to... From from this and how Hollywood works, I mean, he's got to be blacklisted now for like a yeah, good and like you know, listen amount of time. I think it's important that if there's abusive people in power, that they be mm -hmm. called out and they be removed from that because obviously they're not responsible or respectful enough to be in those roles. Um, but at the same time, like it's just it's just saddening to see that like this was his first film and it was his breakout role. And they ended up shoveling shit in his face as far as the quality of the film was concerned, the first one. And then now he comes forward and says, hey, I was treated terribly on this set. I was made to feel uncomfortable about the color of my skin and that my character. And now, like, and now all these guys are just going to keep walking. So, I, you know, it, it, it ends here pretty much for right now. I don't know if he'll ever work again in Hollywood because... I mean, Warner Brothers is like literally the biggest studio besides for Disney, you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, who right, who yeah. even knows where he goes from here? And like, it's not like, it's not like John Boyega who has, who did his Star Wars, uh, who did his Star Wars and then he did other films and he's been proven to be a solid actor and that mm -hmm. he's really awesome. And on top of that, um, he was able to speak out at, about Kathleen, the way Kathleen Kennedy treated him while he did Star Wars, oh, right. and other right. filmmakers came to his defense and said, "You'll always be in, you'll always be able to be in my movie, or or we'll always cast you, or this or that." You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's kind of that degree of separation where like you have the respect of your peers, and I don't think he earned that yet. So. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll it's just not have a good to look see. for cyborgs too. No, it's not a good look for cyborgs <laughs> at all. I would just definitely. Saying, if we get to that point in the future where we're going to start casting cyborgs, they're going to reference this for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we remember. We remember. <laughs> we know what you did. <laughs> um, so next up, uh, st strange news, but I am very excited for it. There is rumors going around right now um, that Robert Downey Jr. is actually coming to Star Wars. And he will be playing Admiral Thawne, Thrawn, I believe it is. Thrawn. Thrawn in the High Republic series, right? Mm -hmm. No, uh, I, I don't know. If it, it'll, I don't think it'll have anything to do with High Republic. It's likely to take place in the... In the High like Republic the era? No, no. Mandalorian, uh, the oh, Ahsoka Tano okay. series, and uh, the Boba Fett one. Because uh, Ahsoka Tano references Thrawn. Uh, and he's a character in the... Um, in the Star Wars Rebels series, so it take place in like the in that same timeline that we're familiar with. Right, okay. right. Which is honestly cool. awesome. Listen, I'm all for it because like if there's one series for RDJ to go to after Marvel, Star Wars. Like, why? I think it would be oh, great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he he's deserved his tenure. His tenure now. Like, oh he, yeah, just like dude. So he's he's ex like definitely excluded from he possibly definitely... not being hired for any other film so mm -hmm. you know if it's gonna be Dis disney and star wars hell yeah i'm, I'm down he definitely yeah. is not gonna cash the checks that he used to like when he played iron man but i mean oh, like well but still he's I'm, living on a lighthouse he's fine yeah, yeah it's true <laughs> and and he'll get to work with uh with john favreau, favreau like, again it's like it's a, it's true, a partnership yeah. that's gonna make a lot of sense yeah now that's true fun, and yeah. actually yeah. on that note nick i actually want to bring this up to you guys so since we're talking about star wars there's a apparently there's an internal civil war at Lucasfilm right now over the oh. control oh. of where Star Wars is going because Kathleen Kennedy approved the Mandalorian and thought it was just going to be a whatever you know they need this for Disney Plus and now it's mm -hmm. the best thing Star Wars has put out in five years oh, and I I would say since you know nineteen <laughs> okay okay <laughs> since Return of the Jedi I mean I like Revenge of the Sith so. Um, Come on, the pre I, but the, I, this is better. Yeah, whether or not you like Revenge of the Sith, this is better. Oh, for sure, right, for sure. Right, and okay. what's really awesome about it, I think, is that he's, um, is that now that Dave Filoni and John Favreau have, only, have also proved themselves to be expert um, filmmakers, um, they've also proved that they know Star Wars and they know what the fans want, and Kathleen mm -hmm. Kennedy doesn't. So. Yeah. We're at that kind of like crucial point of Kathleen Kennedy's contract is up this week. 
I mean, not this week. I'm sorry. This year, this is her last oh, year, okay. and it does not seem like any of the executives at Disney are going to renew that shit. Mm-hmm. And that it looks like that Dave Filoni and John Favreau, John Favreau, are going to be the ones uh, helming Star Wars from now on. Like I said, I mean, the results. Just yeah, rumors. Sure. Just rumors. But I mean, they would be stupid not to. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like if if they really care about like the money making machine that Disney is, I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like the seeing the results that the Mandalorian has had, I mean, it's just a no brainer. Come on, you can't. It's just it's just the way business is. They can't be like, they can't be like, oh, she's our friend. You know, it's like no, nah, it's business. Come on. <laughs> is it great? Here's a, here's, a, here's my take. Give us George Lucas. It's more of an advisory That's role because you need John Favreau and Dave Filoni like making the stuff. Let George Lucas be the arbiter of what is Star Wars, and, and let everybody else create. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, because like George, hey, listen, George Lucas is is hungry for the spotlight again. You see him like showing so? up in documentaries. He just walks by. Well, apparently, apparently, George Lucas was on the set of both Mandalorian seasons, though, and was advising yeah. like story beats and stuff, which is awesome because that's what they should have always done. They should have yeah. never put together this like group of like story, this like. I get the whole diversity and representation matters for large projects, especially in Hollywood and in 2020. But at the same time, can we not like, can we not focus on store actual storytelling and films? Is that something we're now inept from doing? Because I always feel like the new star Wars films, instead of them trying to advance the plot, they're there to sell you merchandise, their products, at least in my Mm -hmm. mind. So well, they're trying to sell you on feelings too. Where it's just like yeah, they're trying to do fan that. service, right? But it's like has nothing to do with story whatsoever. So you have a point, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I like I look. I I still look forward to all things Star Wars. That's certainly something I I want to look forward to and enjoy. But unfortunately, um, Kathleen Kennedy won't allow me to do that. All right. So <laughs> the one thing I I want to one closing note there is like look at the vision that that um, Marvel had over the last you know decade and a half and it was a singular vision they had it all plotted out just do that I don't care who's in charge just have a plan don't just f- fire from the hip that's not going to work anymore yeah true that is a good <laughs> point all right so real quick last story of the night Roku has officially acquired all of Quibi's content now Joe I know this makes you very excited because you were the one who kept bringing it up so <laughs> Tell me. I don't even own one. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me uh, how why this excites you. Uh, well, I missed the amount of money that they spent to acquire Quibi's material. Um, but it's just interesting. You know, like I'd like to see the fact that uh, this material isn't going to waste all this content. I'm sure it's definitely original stuff, and I'm sure you'll probably get some progressive or experimental ideas with the whole short film concept to it. So, um, there you go. Uh, I don't know this. I don't know the soundboard. Look at that. Um, I will say, I think it's probably a decent move. Just so again, that content doesn't go to waste, but, uh, it also seems insulting that they're basically putting it on their TV guide channel. Yeah. The device. Yeah. That makes, I mean, it's it's called the Roku channel. Yep. Okay. I don't know what they, but they use that for advertisements essentially. Mm, Right. Which so I, you're going to get some short film with Chris and Bell and then like a Pepsi ad at the bottom of it. And, you know, <laughs> they're making the most of it. But I am. Um, I mean, like have you guys yeah. have you guys seen anything from their content at all? No, I watched a handful of episodes of Dummy, uh, which was good. It's just uh, I, 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 I tend to think like stuff like that, with it, which is a show really digestible 20, 15, 20 minute or I guess. No, actually nine minute episodes. You just put them together and in, into one longer form thing, and it's just gonna like they're not gonna stay bite sized. It's just <laughs> gonna be an episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like it's so weird. The concept of that content was you could watch it like this, or you could watch it like this. It doesn't matter. And like, oh, they're saying that concept doesn't translate to the Roku. Obviously. Oh, it shouldn't. No, it fucking should. And I wanted People to bring it up. Their Rokus. Because have you guys <laughs> have you guys TVs. have you turned their TVs? Have you guys heard of um the golden arm on on Quibi? Yes, that. yes. I okay. I have heard that that show is 
absolutely ridiculous. Like a woman gets her arm crushed by a tree or something. She has to like cut it off or some shit. It's like 127 hours with a tree and there's like some weird crazies. I don't know. I got to watch it, but I've heard crazy, crazy things. Um, so next up on this edition of Leto Watch. <laughs> so this article comes from wegotthiscovered.com, which obviously you always take everything from that website with a grain of salt if it hasn't been brought, if it hasn't been picked up by other websites. So that being said, our next um our our next piece involves our favorite person, Jared Leto. So apparently, Jared Leto, who I forgot plays Morbius in the Spider-Man spin-off movies that they're doing at Sony, uh, he wants to fight all three Spider-Men. Now, drunk on power. I don't under- <laughs> He's like, let me at him. Let me at him. And actually, uh, not Morbius, him, Jared Leto, wants to fight yeah. the three Spider-Men. Don't forget. <laughs> so- right. Topher Grace is like, please stop. Oh, not Topher Grace. He was Venom. Who the fuck are we? T- Toby Maguire. Uh, uh, Toby Maguire. Same difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot the Morbius movie was coming out. Uh, I forgot they did. So did everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you say? No. We didn't discuss Morbius at all, right? No, it hasn't come out. I just watched the trailer today, and I was like, none of this sounds familiar. Like, I didn't hear any of it when it was announced or anything. Dude, Michael Keaton's in the trailer playing say, the Al vulture. Magical's in it, of all people. Yeah, that's oh, right. Nice. Al Magical is in it. Um, But, yeah, no, it, uh, he, uh, he wants Morbius to fight all three Spider-Men. Hey, listen, my only thing is this. I think Jared Leto's a good actor. I think he could be kind of full of himself. That being said... If the man wants to be a part of whatever's going on, if Sony wants to bring him in and his movie does well, sure, whatever. Why not? Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, honestly, it's like we've, we've seen a lot of the same villains before. I, I personally, I, I wasn't familiar with Morbius. You know, I don't know if he's a big part of the Spider-Man comics or anything. I didn't know who he was. So it's like, Give give the you know the public something different rather than Doc Ock and Green Goblin again. Go for it. Yo, I, I didn't even think about that. Do you think that they're saving, um, what's his name with the goblin face? Uh, <laughs> Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Willem Do Dafoe. you think they're saving him for a surprise in the new Spider Man? That would, be, that would that, make my day, dude. That would be <laughs> so be cool. awesome. He was the <laughs> best in that movie. Fuck. Godspeed, Spider-Man. <laughs> Godspeed, Spider-Man. I love I love right before he gets finish hit. It. I love <laughs> finish it. I love right before he gets hit with the glider, it cuts to him going, oh, and then it just rams right yeah. through him. I was like, dude, that's so fucking Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah. Um Fuck. Let's put money on that. We should put money on that. Because <laughs> Willem Dafoe right. would do anything. I mean, for Christ's sake, they put him in Justice League and then they cut him out. Um, so yeah, um, that 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 finishes our news, our news, our news segment for our new segment for tonight. <laughs> um, and uh, we're moving on to our main topic. And oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, here's an article from <laughs> Pen Live. Willem Dafoe reportedly to reprise his role as Green Goblin for Spider-Man 3. Yo! It's From happening. December 15th. It's... I don't know what this website is, but, it, <laughs> but uh, all right. It, it's already out there in the ethos. Well, remember, Nick, pen15club.com. Remember, Nick, everything you read on the internet is true, okay? No? Nobody finds that funny this week? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. It, it, was, it was a lot that happened. Yeah, week, it's yeah. almost yeah. like conspiracy theories and lies are the downfall of our democracy. Anyway, oh, okay, here we here we go. Uh, another website: uh, Willem Dafoe and Thomas Hayden Church negotiating return. Yeah, so I, it's speculative, but it's out there. Okay. I mean, personally, I think at, if Spider-Man Three is a hit, I think that Sony should just make a, a Spider-Man Four, like with all the original cast, like. However many years later, I think that would be cool, but I'm a fucking loser. So, um, True. <laughs> main topic tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that's not what I want. Do we have a drum roll on this board? We got it. Yeah, there we go. Is Tenet 
There you go. We watched Tenet. And let me tell you something. I was... Wait, say Tenet backwards. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tenet. Oh, wait. Trick question, and right? With that in mind, too, I'm looking at the uh, YouTube uh, like video right now, the live stream. And, Pat, you put Tenor in the description. Did I? <laughs> what did you think of Tenor? What did you think of Tanner? <laughs> Tanner is a good movie, I think. <laughs> Me and my sister wife watched it on the pullout couch on her CRT. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> Tanner. Tanner. We just we just lost two viewers. <laughs> so, so anyway, Tanner. Uh Tenet. Uh uh let's start out non-spoilers and then we'll go into spoilers. Oh, I don't think I put the spoilers banner in here. It's okay. <laughs> um so we'll do the that Yeah, we'll do the, we'll do the hand gestures. It's okay, you know. Mm -hmm. And plus I think at this I mean, how long has it been since the movie's been out? Like 6 months at this point. And I really, Everybody's already seen it. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, went in on, droves guys, when it on. came out. I forgot this movie made so much money when it came out. That's right. All right. So, just to start, um I think my perception of Tenet changed upon a second and third viewing. So I don't know how many times you guys watched it. Um, everybody watched it once? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I know that I, I, I actually watched it with Joe when you know, we watched it at my place. Um, but, I, I mean, I really like, I feel like the, the movie Christopher Nolan is always story over characters. But I feel like in this case, this could have used a little bit more characterization, especially from its lead. Because there's a lot of high, like, volume concepts going on during this entire film. And yet, I just feel like the character we're moving with is kind of a blank slate. But I feel like that's also the point because his name is the protagonist. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. on top of that, though, I think the story is as well told as that film could be because there is a shit ton of exposition in the entire movie. I remember there's one scene that is just five minutes of exposition. Uh, it's in like him and one scene. <laughs> oh, okay. So a hundred percent of the dialogue, a hundred percent of the dialogue in that movie is exposition. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so tell me what you guys saw. I overall, I think that type for, the once again, like the time dilation, high concept, like visuals that Christopher Nolan was going for with the, you know, people moving forwards and backwards and all that types of shit. I think that was enough to get me in and that the story and movement and the action was enough to keep me engaged. I think so. So I want to know what your guys thoughts are, though. Um, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like it was okay. I like um, Batman I'm more. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> um, just wondering, did you guys immediately watch like a YouTube explanation after the movie? Oh, of course, of course. I wish that I wish that I did. I, yeah. So um, I usually, still have to. yeah, if it's like some kind of highbrow concept like this movie, like Annihilation is the one I always bring it back to. Like I watched that movie, the credits rolled, and I was like, that sucked. And then we started <laughs> talking about the movie. And then I watched the whole like breakdown video afterwards. I was like, wait, that was the greatest movie I've ever seen. So I was hoping the same thing would happen. But then when I'm watching an explanation video, I'm just like, you know what? This movie is still just okay when it comes down to it. Like, I don't really care to figure out what exactly was going on because it just didn't stick with me. Um, but that's just my, you know, immediate thoughts on it. I'm willing to be swayed. Jer? Lay it on us, man. Well, go, to go off from to go further from your point, Pat, like about the uh, main actor or like the main protagonist. Um, yeah, I felt like in the beginning, right? I think it was like the first 20 minutes. I was just like, I, I don't think I'm hooked yet in terms of the story. And like the visuals are nice. Like, you know, they shot on film and it kind of looks like that. But after the 20 minute mark, I was just like, OK, now it's really picking up and everything like that. But. With everything that was starting to happen and the pace was getting quicker and quicker, I still felt like the main actor, he did fine, but it's just like, I just wish that he wasn't so flat. Do you know who that is? Certain, uh, what do you mean? Do you know who that actor is? Not exactly, It's no. John, David, John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son. 
What? Yeah, oh. he. That's what I'm saying. Like he's pretty good. Like all things considered. Now I think he was he better. Was he's got to be good. Yeah, he, yeah he's royalty. Uh, oh personally, gosh, okay. I think he was better in Black Klansman as Ron Stallworth. Uh, that's where he was. Yeah, he was mm -hmm. opposite of um, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. awesome, dude. They smoke cigarettes and they curse the whole movie, and it's fucking awesome. Um, but uh, I personally, I thought, I thought he was flat as well but the moments that he had to show his range like uh we'll get into it in spoilers but there's a scene where it's very emotional towards the end and i thought he did really well of conveying that emotion at least i thought so um oh i, I know what you're talking about yeah okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um but i mean like i totally understand why people say he's flat because i don't think his characterization is good enough to i you know lead the film you know what i mean i thought robert pattinson was so much better than uh, I, I is it John David Washington or David Jonathan Washington? I'm gonna look it up right now. I think his first name is John. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think yeah. it's John David Washington. <laughs> it should be John. <laughs> if it isn't, it is. Yes, now. it's it's John David Washington. That's what it is. Yes, 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 yes. And he is 36. What? How does it say he was born in 1992? Oh, years active. All right, never mind. Time traveling. Okay, <laughs> that's right. I forgot the whole point of the movie is no, time he's, travel. He's actually Denzel Washington, and he's like going back in time, portraying yeah. roles that he could have, you know, gotten when he's younger. Honestly, I thought <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh was the best. He was the fucking best part of the whole movie. Oh, Sator. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know his Russian good. accent was actually okay. I'm not. I'm not Russian, but it <laughs> well, was definitely more convincing than other. Compared Russian to accents. Aaron Taylor Johnson's chimney sweep accent, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was telling Pat like when that whole scene happened, when he's breaking down spoilers, when they break down this whole fight scene towards the end. It's just like I didn't understand a word he was saying, and then we just cut to this major point in the story. I'm just like, how did we get here? He he's actually English. He is yeah, he is the best. Like, I needed subtitles. I thought I thought the best part about um Aaron Taylor Johnson in that movie is that they tried to do the whole like Matt Damon Inception thing where he's like, ooh, a secret role or something like that, and Aaron Taylor Johnson walks in, and we're watching the movie with Danny, and you just hear Danny go. Way like that's that's gonna be Matt Damon labels. Yeah, it's gonna be like, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I remember when we watched Interstellar and Matt Damon shows up, we we're all like, yo, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember go. I just remember it was a very like, oh, hey, he's, hey, he's in this too. Yeah, I thought his character was a whole lot better than uh than John David Washington's in the sense that. He had more pep, you know what I mean? Like he had been around what they were doing for so long that he was able to really integrate into their system, you know what I mean? At least in my eyes, that's what I thought. Um, but uh, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say, Nick. Uh, I was really disappointed. Wow. I, 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 uh, it, it took me an hour to be interested in the movie. The whole first, like Christopher Nolan totally throws out show, don't tell. Like, I, I, I have no clue what's going on. I know that the lead character doesn't have any mm -hmm. clue what's going on. But, like, for me to care about what's going on, I need something. And, like, I know it's, like, the whole plot device is, like, you know, they're, they don't know what's going on. You'll find out in the future. It's, you know, but, but it really did, wasn't helping the audience at all. And, the, like, you, we were talking about, I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, but the sound mixing, how low the dialogue was in these lengthy expository dumps. It was like, how am I supposed to keep up with what the hell is going on? Actually, can, I just, can I just clarify that for a second? So mm -hmm. I warned you guys about the dialogue when I first <laughs> watched the movie. <laughs> and it turns out that my girlfriend's father had watched <laughs> a streaming concert the night before. And he accentuated the mix to turn out vocals. So that's why all the music and sound effects were so like loud when I first watched it. And the dialogue was absolutely inaudible. Like even in the parts where it's totally quiet. So I was like, man, it, like people really should have been upset over this movie. Cause like it really, you can't hear shit. 
And then I finally like fixed everything, went back. I was like, oh, I got to watch this a second time because I'm the idiot now. Not, not everybody else. <laughs> so actually the second time for me, I thought the dialogue was, a, the, I thought the sound was fine. It was a great improvement over what I watched I, the first time. I'd say even with the proper settings, it was difficult that time. Difficult. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I see. I, I actually kind of feel, I actually kind of feel that because I watched it with the shitty, with the shitty mix first that it was better the second time and then i Passed could like second time around it's yeah too loud. what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> this movie ain't quiet at all <laughs> too loud too loud so um but moving uh overall plot without giving away any spoilers what do you guys think of the whole time the whole time the way they they handle time travel in this film because we've seen time travel a shit ton in the past 10 years like with films like looper uh endgame comes to mind um i'm well, sh- interstellar too right like i guess interstellar is yeah, some kind is of time, time travel there is some time dilation in that yeah. too um dunkirk is another one of christopher nolan's movies that has a lot of time dilation in it the i know for have you guys seen dunkirk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. uh dunkirk the beach the, the guys on the beach, that whole storyline takes place over a week. The guys on the boats, that takes place over 12 hours. And the guys in the air, like Tom Hardy, that takes place oh, all right. in one hour. And they, he yeah. meshes them all together. So, once again, we've seen him do this before. But what did you guys think about this particular version of time travel? Because it's really not time travel. It's just, it's. we'll get yeah, into it in spoilers. It? We'll get into it in spoilers. But it's not really in, time inversion. travel. Inverted, time inversion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time invert. It's like you're inverting the entropy of an object. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I look. I just said, do you know what I mean? And fucking, I don't even know what that means. But <laughs> but um, I thought they explained it well enough to carry you through. But that being said, I am a little upset that instead of trying to define the science of it, the the woman who he speaks to, which by the way, she never shows up again <laughs> in the whole movie. She's like, don't think about it. Just feel it. <laughs> and, and part of me was just like, I mean, that yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I could just do that. But also like, you know, I kind of want you to explain to me what the fuck you guys are doing here. But also I feel like that's an acceptable plot point because to them, time travel hasn't been invented yet. It's invented in the future and this shit keeps getting sent back. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Which I well, never. Again, it's like I get that it's it's a plot point for the movie. It's like they don't know, and like you can't know certain things. But like with with sci-fi and horror movies, those movies like usually have a set of rules. And if you don't, if you're not operating in a certain set of rules, it's hard for the audience to figure out like what can happen, what can't happen. You know. So like, I think they totally you know dropped what? the ball there. You know what, Nick? You're actually right about that because. Um, I saw the Invisible Man. I don't think have you guys have any of you guys seen the Invisible no, Man? Oh, yet. okay. Well, it's on my streaming service, so you guys can check that out too. But um, there is a scene in that film. I will not ruin it. That takes all the rules that have been established throughout the entire half of the movie and says "fuck you" and changes it all immediately. And nice. I like that because it basically throws caution. Like, there's no turning back after that point in the film. Um. But I didn't really get that vibe from this movie because I feel like they had to bend right. the rules in some places as opposed to just throwing out the rules and flipping the story on its head. I kind of feel like, like I said before, they bent them, so to speak. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Where in that, like, they had to make convenient changes for the plot or what they didn't show you so this way you can be surprised later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and we see that with the turnstile scene. But I actually want to shift over to the visuals before we go to spoilers. What do you guys think of the visuals? Because I personally, I think the fact that he was able to film people going forward and then he made them all go backwards. And then what he did was he made every single actor like individually on their scenes go forwards and backwards. You know what I mean? So they... Yeah. So he can play them all at the same time, you know what I mean, and like splice the shots together. So, um, what'd you guys think of those? What'd you guys like? The for instance, the reverse fight in the turn in the first turnstile they 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 go to. What'd you guys think of that? Yeah, 
That was great. I was trying to figure out because I also really love the technicality of like film, right? And I think we all do. It's like how do they how do they freaking shoot that? Or well, like, Jerry, you, know, you more than anyone else here, I would think, <laughs> love the technicality of film. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's the thing where it's just like, man, whatever how many shots and how many takes that they had to do over and over again. And then mm-hmm. like just the, the post-processing afterwards, because, you know, still um, Nolan still is a purist and loves film and everything like that. And, you know, in the industry, it is kind of hard to s- do a lot of special effects and VFX like on film. So you still got to scan everything. So regardless, I think that the use of color, like the red and blue in the film was actually, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then just those fight scenes, like the turnstile scene that you're talking about, Pat. So it was just like, freaking, I was impressed. Dude, I, impressed. I just remember like when he was moving in reverse and uh, uh, the protagonist is fighting the, the 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 SWAT guy. I just remember like seeing him run down the hall at one point, and his arms were like moving backwards as mm-hmm. opposed to oh, like he's like on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're just like. Yeah. You're just like, what is going on? Like, I like my mind couldn't understand what exactly was happening, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, uh, later on, when you see the inverse of that scene and what's actually going on, I was like, oh, you know. But uh, yeah, and I, totally different angles too. Oh, so just like, that's true. They 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 had to film it twice, right, on two different oh, angles. Man. That's what I was just like. What the hell are are they doing? And it's just like it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, okay, we're gonna move into spoilers now. So, uh, we're gonna go like this. Hey, everyone, it's spoilers. However, when spoilers are over, we're gonna go like this again, and you're gonna be, we're gonna be back <laughs> with clip of the week. So, okay, that said, spoilers. Um, it was let, all a dream. It was all a dream. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was all a dream. <laughs> so, first things first, um, how'd you guys like the ending? I, I cried a little bit. I'm it was okay. Lie. Wait, so, Pat, go ahead. Explain the ending or what your thought of the ending was. Okay. So, all right. Just to start, the, you know, the ending battle scene, it was pointed out to me last night. Who are they shooting at? I, I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> Who There's are they so shooting at? Answer questions. Why did they put him in that, that lighthouse in the beginning of the movie by himself? <laughs> Oh, true. Oh, I didn't even think no, about that. The the windmill. I, I for me, windmill, I thought yeah. it was like a secure location. Oh yeah, really yeah. I thought much. that was. I thought you know what? Okay. Now that I think about it, I think that's a place for him to lay low, and then he gets transported yeah. to wherever he's got to go next. Okay. Yeah, it's like a, um, it's a dead drop, but at least itself. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get why he had to climb all the way up the ladder, do all those crunch. I mean, all those pull ups. It's like, bro, this is training, bro. Bro, if you slip, bro, it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's fucking over. They come back and they're like, protagonist, it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then his neck oh, is like twisted. Tanner. Like, oh dang. <laughs> Tanner. <laughs> um, you went <in> there. <laughs> actually, I can't believe I didn't mention this. What did you guys think of the opening sequence? I think that is Chris Nolan oh, at his yeah. best. Like the whole um I've seen that sequence so many times because it was in front of so many IMAX movies I saw in 2019 that mm-hmm. I remember I went to go see Rise of Skywalker in IMAX like opening night and Liz and I are sitting there and uh Tenet's and the the opening scene for Tenet starts and I remember watching it going, "Yo, I want to see this fucking movie right now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the part where he's like, uh, the part where he says, kill you or bring you in. You got 30 seconds. So I was like, Ooh shit. Like we're doing some serious shit. And then they start going. The one, the one guy, well, now that we know it's Robert Pattinson, uh, shoots a reverse bullet through that guy because yep. Robert Pattinson's actually moving backwards through time. The whole movie. And they yeah. don't. Re- I don't think the reveal is as solid as you want it to be, but Definitely I feel not. the emotional hook of when, um, his name is Neil. When Neil says, um, that this is actually the end of a beautiful friendship for me, and he goes, "Oh, and it's the start for me," and he gets upset because he finds out the guy who was dead on the floor is Neil. And when he go, when Neil goes with Ives, they go to do the temporal pincer move in reverse time. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're switching again. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's and when the protagonist comes back and he kills Priya and he saves um what's her name? Is it Kate? Kate, yeah. Yeah. Lady. Cat, whatever. Lady. Giraffe neck. Giraffe When he saves her and he puts her, I mean, uh, and and Max, I think his name is, right? The impression is that the protagonist has closed the loop now because uh, that Max, Maximilian, his nickname is Neil. He grows up and protagonist recruits him to be a part of Tenet, which he founds in the future. So I figure you're gonna bring that up. That wasn't confirmed anywhere, from what I've seen on some of the research. So that's I've seen so that's that's the interesting part, actually. Which I'm, is cool. I mean, if you interpret it that way, then that's totally fine. But it, I'm we glad need to hear from Nolan's mouth, though. Yeah, I think I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like sometimes Nolan's films, le- like I said, leave out that characterization to serve the story instead. I mean, instead. Mm-hmm. However, um, there is a lot of speculation that that is in fact Neil. But it's also the same type of speculation that went into like the Dark Knight in 2008. Everyone suggested that he was a soldier, like, or not everyone, but a lot of people had speculated that um, the Joker is a soldier suffering from severe effects of PTSD. And Christopher Nolan only confirmed that in like 2016. And that, like, that's his real characterization that he's, he's, what happens when veterans aren't treated. I don't know. He tried to make some point that obviously he wasn't thinking about when he made the movie. But um, but like I said, like he left out the Joker's characterization entirely, and that actually worked yeah. in well, favor. Well, that explains the dog tags. Yeah. Um, the canteens that they find. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, I, mean, that, I mean, that explains like the and all that shit too. Yeah, no, none of that stuff happens. I don't know why you guys agreed with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, I don't know what he's talking. I, I, listening to me? I was like, I kind of remember. I, I, I feel like I remember. Wave, I feel like Smiling I remember wave. Batman putting down, like putting down a dog tag, but then it hit me, and I was like, no, wait, that wasn't a fucking dog tag. That was the coin. That was the coin he puts down on Harvey's uh, yeah. bed. The military uh, coin. That was his purple. No, coin. it wasn't. It what fucking wasn't. It was a double side. Remember, it was a double sided coin. He makes his own luck. Trick question. It was a medal of honor. Okay, yep. I know. All right. Well, now I feel like I'm I'm Jer in this situation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but what you guys think of the ending? Because like I thought, I thought the whole like I said the whole visual style. I think Kevin Kenneth Branagh is good. I thought. Alan T- Aaron Taylor Johnson was at least enjoyable, even though you couldn't understand him in some mm-hmm. most scenes. Uh, but what did you guys think of the ending? It was cool. I wish I gave a shit about any of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say, really. Oh. I, I spent two and a half hours going, what? What is happening? Oh, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay. I agree with that. It was I liked it. I like how that halfway through the movie you're able to piece everything together or start to get an idea of what's really going on and then, you know, it ties it up together nicely by the end. But I do agree with Nick as well. It's just like by the time we got there, just like I I don't care. You know what's well, funny? Um No, go ahead, Jerry. You, you go ahead. No, first. no, 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 go first. Go first. All right. I was first. just gonna say, uh, we have another amazing opinion from my brother Horace about Tenet. <laughs> And the only, I asked him what he thought of the movie and he was like, yo, it was great. I really liked it, but you want to know what was fucking crazy? And I was like, what? He's like, tell me that your mind wasn't blown when you saw that car driving in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) Like, 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 you know, <laughs> like he doesn't know there's a reverse them. function in every car. <laughs> he actually only exclusively go only goes forward. He's never gone in reverse. He has he puts his car in neutral and has to push it out of spots. He's really good at K turns. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But no, yeah. Um. But oh, I no, mean, well, what, what I was about to say was like, um, Pat, when you told me about, um. Just now about uh, Neil actually being Max, I didn't know about that, but it kind of makes sense to where at the end and the end, it, you know, kind of made me feel emotional, like you know, realizing what's happening. But it kind of makes sense in what you say, and I don't know, it's still confirming the the fact that he was Max. Is just that he did say that you know they had like a 
many years of relationship. So the only way that would have happened is that if he actually started from the future and went yep. his way back. And so that's like the only way. I don't know. but And you see that when they first meet up because Neil is posing as a rookie. And he's like, you never drink on the job. He goes, he wants a Diet Coke. He's like, I don't like Diet Coke. He goes, yes, you do. Like, you know what I mean? So, oh, he, he, really? yeah, so he knows him. Oh. And the reason he knows him is because like the guy in the beginning that we found out to be Robert Pattinson at the end of the film, because he had the tag on his on his book bag. He's been moving through time to get the protagonist to get him on this journey to find out what Tenet is and stop Sator because that's the only way that he ends up founding the program in the future. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. some, like I said, try to wrap your mind around that. Like, like uh, Kyle Reese is uh, John Connor's dad, but John Connor sends Kyle Reese back in time. Like, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's and we grew up on like the butterfly effect too. It was pretty straightforward. So, <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Watch that, that all the time back that in the day, movie though. that it was movie one of my top was like fives, right? awesome back in the day and i remember like do you guys remember like the teen choice awards that movie yeah. oh, that when people get oh no never mind i was about to say when people get slimed it's no like, that's no, kids that's, choice that's awards no. there's <laughs> actually a never mind go ahead okay i'll tell you about it after. there's a i remember seeing that movie butterfly effect and thinking it was awesome i've seen it i've seen it since like a couple years ago i was like this movie makes no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> I gotta you got to have your mindset in the 90s. That's why. It's like, whoa. Did that movie so come cool. out in the 90s? No, I don't. I think it was like early 2000s. It had Aston to be. Kutcher. Yeah. Yeah. Aston Kutcher, bro. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying it's just like if you had a 90s mindset, then the, two, the idea of the 2000s and what they're spewing out. That movie is like, like revolutionary. The, that movie yeah, like, it's like, the, like like the people who made Drake and Josh, like they had a 90s mindset, even though it wasn't in the it wasn't in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, right? That's yep. that's kind of like um, it's like the the Donnie Darko of that era. You know, people, for whatever Donnie reason, Darko. seem to fucking mm -hmm. love like Donnie Darko. No, I, like I don't like Donnie Darko. That movie like that fucking movie. sucks. I hate that movie. <laughs> it doesn't suck. You just don't get like absurd. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't fucking do that shit where you're like, you just don't get it. I do get it, okay? Jake Jill uh, Liz likes it because Jake Gyllenhaal is in it, but that's pretty much it. And he's so young. But I would and say he's so between, young. <laughs> yeah. between Tenet and I just started watching a few episodes of uh, Lovecraft Country. Which is pretty good, you know. Definitely interesting approach to that type of storytelling, but it we got to stop with the confusing storytelling. Come on, like my feeble mind can only take so much. Have you seen? I, I, feel like like, I don't understand what's going on in the first fifteen minutes. How uh, can I stay invested? I feel like a lot of people like bitched about like, oh, well, you just don't get Inception. Yeah. It's like you're just not like no Inception was highbrow, but it was easy to follow. Like if you paid attention, you knew what was going on. Yeah. This, exactly. You had you have to like go back for a second or third watch to even get in somewhat of an understanding of like the bigger things at play. Oh yeah, I definitely yeah, I definitely sure. don't think it's Nolan's best work at all. Like not even close. Um, but I don't think it's his worst. You know, or maybe it might agree. be, or maybe it might be his worst. But it, <laughs> yeah, but it, it actually actually worst? now that I think about it, it might be his worst. But like it, um, I still like it more than some of his other films. Like I actually enjoy this film more than Dunkirk because I feel that even though Dunkirk is awesome, I feel like I'm taken out of Dunkirk because like, I, who was I talking about with this with? Um, I Maybe it was last night. Uh, I was talking with somebody about it. Dunkirk doesn't feel like it takes place on a war-torn beach with 400,000 men stranded. It looks like 10,000 guys in a line. You know what I mean? Like, where's all the, a lot of extras that like, where's all, all the blown out cars, the sunken ships, the, like yeah. all the, the tents you have set up for forward, op, uh, forward operating bases and stuff like that. So kind of like in that aspect, I, I don't like that, but even then it, I, I still kind of think like this is probably objectively his worst writing. And I don't think, I think his directing's okay in this too. Like, I don't think even think that was that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean like the direction is like definitely pretty good i mean like it, it's it's the nolan standard right but yeah the thing is i would have to agree with you guys to where you know i didn't watch i literally like i think i only had like 20 minutes 
of like free time before the show started after I like uh, finished the film. I was like down to the last minute pretty much. So I didn't watch any like other YouTube videos explaining the film or anything like that. I would definitely want to now after this. But yeah, it seems like the a lot of explanation to the nitty gritty of how like time works in the film happens too late already in the back end. And right. it's just like, well, at when it gets really intense towards the end and they explain everything, then it's already like you're trying to think back on what happened in the beginning because now you have more of an explanation and now that's just a little bit too much. So it's just like I would definitely have to watch it a second time knowing everything that, you know, it, yeah. you find out at the end. But then again, it's just like that's not really great writing, you know? Right. Yeah. I, th- I definitely think like they, they could have trimmed it down. It didn't need to be two and a half hours. They could have simplified it and like made it easier for people. If you kind of jumped on uh, like the protagonist's journey a little bit later – you don't need to be with them right from from the first moment. Yeah, I could <laughs> I could have done without them ripping out his teeth. Yo, yeah, like, actually, speaking cool. that the trains, the trains, like going backwards and forwards. I didn't oh. know if that was like a time dilation thing. If they had like, or that was just like a train yard they were in that they were ripping people's teeth out in. I mean, it, like, if it was an intentional like intentional visual thing, I didn't pick up on it, but that's cool. Yeah. Um. That being said, we keep talking about second viewings. I think the second viewing for this movie is not the same as, say, a second viewing for Interstellar or Inception or The Prestige, where I had to watch this movie a second time to really grasp the concepts of what was going on, whereas in The Prestige or, let's say, um, Inception or Interstellar, I feel like those films I watched a second time because I really enjoyed them, and I was able right. to get more out of them and pick up things that I missed the first time. Like, like Easter if, eggs. Ex- but, kind yeah. of. Like, if you watch The Prestige, right, that movie's dialogue has a totally different context after you've seen it the first time and you know what the reveal is. Like, you guys have seen right. The Prestige, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I haven't, but I know the twist. Oh, okay. It's, it's just... It was oh. David Bowie. It was David Bowie the entire time. <laughs> David Bowie the whole Actually, today is the, is the five-year anniversary of his passing. Oh, yeah. really? and, Cheers um, to David Bowie. And in the Rock Sound actually put up a video of him performing Hurt with Trent Reznor in 1995 at a Nine Inch Nail show. Mm. Could you imagine? You're at a Nine Inch Nail show and Trent Reznor's like, ladies and gentlemen, David Bowie. Do you think <laughs> Do you think the crowd cheered? Ask yourself. Ask yourself. Or, or were they like, yeah, yeah right. let's just get through this. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, but... I mean, all said and done, I, I'm gonna ha- I, I would give Tenet, if you like Christopher Nolan, check it out. If you're not, if you see his films in passing or you see them on good word of mouth, you might you, you can skip this one. But if you're a fan of Christopher Nolan, I absolutely say check it out because it is a different type of experience. Mm-hmm. At least I can think we so. Can we give it a, like a rating of 1 out of 10? Or a, you 4 know. out of 10. Joe, five out of, Joe's a 5 out of 10? Jerry, where are you at? I, I'm like around 7. Seven? Mm-hmm. I'd say I'm about seven, seven and a half, too. Nick, where are you at? I'd, I'd probably stick with Joe around five or six. Okay. Okay. I'll okay, this six. Six. <laughs> All right. Well, you've had okay. three ratings so far. So <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, visually and, you know. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the visuals <laughs> save it. Inversion, yeah. Yes, I think that's uh, that's kind of I think that's what we said when we finished watching it, too. We were like, yeah, that was just Okay. But I feel like the visuals are what really save it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to digress one more time about the visuals, though. It's like while the concept was cool and there was cool moments, I didn't think there was any big, huge set piece like Inception with the rotating hallways. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, right. it's like there, there was no like I was blown away. It was like, oh, that's pretty uh, cool. I mean, the plane, mm-hmm. they tried to market the plane crash as the same thing as like the truck flip in the dark yeah, night, yeah. the rotating hallway, the, you know what I mean? I like, did forget about that. You know that what I mean? They tried to do, but it's not, the, it's not the, they just crashed a plane. You know what I mean? It's nothing. And they did it, it, slow speed. Yeah. It was a very slow crash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no Maggie Gyllenhaal. No Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal didn't die in a so fiery explosion. 
Gary Oldman wasn't there. To, dude, what are we doing? We should just watch the Dark Knight movies. Like, wait, wait, no, no. Yeah. Michael Caine was there. Okay, that's was, I forgot. Michael Caine was in this like movie. No reasons. <laughs> he's it's there. Just like, Michael Caine is, in there. He was contractually obligated to put Michael Caine in. He was. You know? He was there for more exposition. You know, he was there. Yeah. He's like, but he's he like, wasn't even on a movie set. He was actually eating dinner. <laughs> <laughs> just bring the cameras. In. Hello, Chris. What's all he this you got here? Yeah. What's all this you got here? <laughs> I'm oh, famous man. British actor Marco Kane. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to our next segment, ladies and gentlemen. And I definitely think we need an animation for this because we just got all just kind of stare at our our computer. Dance. <laughs> dance. So uh clip of the week. Oh, yeah. You know it's funny, Joe. More times yeah, I, more times I listen to that, I actually hear your voice more than I do the like the the whatever modulation you put on it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's both my my normal voice and a pitched up. Yeah, it's it's what I figured. Uh, um, actually, I'll tell you guys after the show because I don't think we should bring that up on here. But um, so Nick, I appreciate you sending me a 1080 frame. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I was sent a vertical video, so this is what it looks yeah. like tonight. <laughs> I think I'll have to figure out a contingency for this. Yeah, it's fine. Just fine. send me. What's up, Joe? Oh, screen share. Screen share with us. Oh, I'm sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Where this is fuck? terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Truly terrible. <laughs> Truly terrible. Truly terrible. <laughs> Can you guys see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, get up. What's happening? <laughs> the sandwich. I'm gonna this is a stolen joke, but that's an open face sandwich right there. <laughs> what was, I, there was there audio or or no? Oh, did Probably, you got yeah. it was just a song. It was just like the song yeah. playing over the radio, but um like, what do you do in that situation? You know what I mean? Like, do you wake her up? Is there anybody else working? Yeah. Make sure she doesn't skip the mayo. <laughs> yeah. Right? Are you just like, hey, it's like, she goes, huh? And she has like bologna on her forehead or something. <laughs> oh, I love the classic Subway bologna sandwich. <laughs> That's the finishing touch. <laughs> you want to toast at her face. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, I could was, slam, she, was she really tired or was I, she on drugs? I could slam my face into it a couple times if you want, honey. <laughs> if that's what you're into. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, dude, look at this. She looks fucking conked out. I mean, my <laughs> it's a bit better than a my pillow head. <laughs> her boss her boss came over to her afterwards. He's like, hey, listen, um, why don't you just take this sandwich and go take a nap in the back? You can use this as a pillow. <laughs> you know, I get and let's be clear about something. Um, if that guy, whoever ordered this sandwich, if he wasn't worried about getting COVID before, he definitely should be now. Because this, this is... It's a sprinkle of COVID. Yeah, you know, it's just a little bit of COVID. Just a little bit of COVID. No, no, it's okay. She has the gloves on. It's okay. It's great. That's true. Oh, that's <laughs> really funny. I forgot about that. She has the gloves on, so you shouldn't be able to get COVID. It's all right. <laughs> this reminds me of Bobby Grimes falling asleep. <laughs> you know, it's very true. You know, yeah. some part of me doesn't doesn't think that that's what those masks were intended to do—to keep your mouth from touching the actual sandwich <laughs> right. while you're making it. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. But hey, listen, well, more power to her because she's still out there making sandwiches during a pandemic, and that's. More than I would do, that's for sure. Yeah, and a time when artists are struggling, the, s- the subway sandwich, the sandwich artists, artists are, are still <laughs> I call this piece too tired to work. How's the meaning? Just nah, you're you're an artist now. Yeah, we're not going to pay you anymore, but you're an artist. <laughs> you look real good on your resume. I don't think this will look good. <laughs> you're sleeping on the job, honey. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> I got my Bachelor of Arts in Sandwich Artistry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. All right. Well, that being said, that has been this week's episode of Nerd Shit Live. We appreciate everyone who came out to watch tonight and support the show. Once again, this podcast is available on all major podcast apps. You want to listen to audio versions, share it with your friends. We appreciate that all the time. Uh, once again, I am Pat Navarano with my co-hosts, Jared Condes, Nick Haverstrow, and Joe Enright. We appreciate you. We love you. Subscribe to the channel. Check out our Instagram. And uh, check out Tanner. <laughs> Tanner. Tanner. All right. Tanner out of 10. Tanner out of 10. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.